Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. Today is Wednesday, May 12th. I'm glad you guys have joined me. We've got a lot of really serious things happening in the country right now. And I recognize, because I'm hearing from a lot of you every single day, that there is a fear that seems to have just gripped the church in particular. There are a lot of terrifying things coming out of our neighbors to the north up in Canada right now. And I want to talk a little bit about it from a position of faith today. You guys, God is not asleep. He is on his throne and you were born for such a time as this. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So a lot of things happening, obviously, in the headlines. Many of you paying attention to what's going on in Canada right now, and I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But I want to encourage you before I get into that today, because a lot of this stuff is hard to hear. It's frightening, I think, for a lot of you, but God is at work. And over at my Instagram account, I've started taking screenshots of what God is doing and how you guys are getting off the bench. And I love this story from Faith in Santa Barbara. She said, Heidi, my six grade son is getting off the bench and onto the battlefield with grace and grit. I love that faith. That is the theme for my campaign for Congress. Heidi St. John, grace and grit for America. That's what it's going to take. So I love that that's your theme. She said a random kid his age at the park asked where he goes to school. He said the name of our Christian school and the reason why he doesn't go to public school. My son and this kid ended up having what he says was a, quote, theological debate that ended well, according to my son. He felt good about answering questions about God, creation, sin, racism, and using scripture from memory to back up his answers. Good job, Faith. You guys are doing a great job with your kids. This was all very spontaneous. And when he told me about it on the drive home, I was thankful and reminded we parents cannot forget that we are discipling our kids each and every day. Boy, I'll tell you, that has never been more important than it is right now. You guys, the training and teaching of our children, the Bible says, is the responsibility of parents. It's not the responsibility of your pastor. It's certainly not the responsibility of your youth pastor. We are the ones as parents who are called to teach uh, and train our children in righteousness. So Faith, thank you so much for sending in that story about your son. It's been a huge encouragement to me. All right, you guys, a couple of headlines coming out. Yesterday, I talked a little bit about critical race theory. Today, I'm going to talk about what's happening in Canada. Uh, I saw this come through actually when I was flying home from a speaking in Mobile, Alabama for Teach Them Diligently. You guys, Canada is in trouble, and I hope you guys are praying for them. The criminalization of Christianity in Canada is so blatant right now. And remember I told you last week, the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the Lord Jesus declared in John 8, 36, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed, right? Free for real. And the Apostle Paul said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's Galatians 5, verse 1 so that we would not be burdened by the slave yokes of men. And as Christians, you guys, we are charged to live as free men because we are slaves of God, but we must not use our God-given freedom as a cover-up for evil, which is what we've been doing forever and ever. Hey, hey, abortion. Instead, the Bible teaches us that we are called to serve the kingdom and the purposes of God. And today, as the gospel of Christ has been increasingly abandoned throughout much of the Western world, and absolutely this has been happening in Canada, 
it makes sense then to see that our historic freedoms would come under serious threat. You see, only in Christianized cultures deeply influenced by the gospel have people ever lived in freedom. And freedom has in that sense been historical as an anomaly to the rest of the world. So we can look down through the centuries of recorded history, right back in the time of the primitive church, the Jews enjoyed a brief immunity from religious persecution. Why? Because years earlier, Julius Caesar, who had seen their commercial skill and wealth as a benefit to the empire, declared Judaism a legitimate religion. And so he exempted them from the pagan rites and the veneration of the emperors and the worship, right? That's the worship of the emperors and the gods of the Roman people. But as the early church became distinguished from Judaism, it did not enjoy these temporary imperial granted privileges, and they ended up being severely persecuted. And as I'm watching what's happening in the United States right now, particularly in Canada, you know, I've, I have been blessed beyond measure to be able to speak there several times. I've been in Toronto. I've been in Manitoba. I've been speaking up in British Columbia. I love going to Canada. In fact, that's where my husband and I honeymoon. We honeymooned in British Columbia. But over the last two decades, there have been, and really it's a minority of Christians, and they have watched what's happening as the far left has sought to oppose Christianity. And they want to severely restrict the freedoms and liberties of Christians. And about three years ago, I was speaking at a church near Toronto, and I was talking about the importance of Canadians to stand up for their charter. And a pastor came up to me and he said, you really need to be careful what you say up here. And this was years ago, you guys, it was at least three years ago. He said, if you are, if you are caught to where the authorities think or the government thinks that you're speaking against the government, you could be arrested. And I thought, really? And I'm telling you what, it, it's absolutely happening. I'm looking at an article and I'll link back to it today called On the Brink, the Criminalization of Christianity in Canada. And this article was written in last year, so September of 2020. And I think it's interesting that he concludes what he writes about it. He says that the modern state exists not to protect our rights, but to do us good or make us good. Anyway, to do something to us or make us something. And we are less their subjects than their wards, pupils, or domestic animals. There is nothing left of which we can say to them, mind your own business. Our whole lives are their business. This is the arrogant presumption of the political leaders in Canada at the moment. And this article was concluded with a prophetic warning. Quote, the more completely we are planned, the more powerful they will be. Do you think for a moment that all of these COVID restrictions are planned? Maybe. Have we discovered some new reason why this time power should not corrupt as it has done before? If we don't want our whole lives in every detail, family, church, and even social media activity to become the statusist planner's daily business, whereas their pupils and wards, they quote, make us something on pain of criminal penalty, we had better ensure that we begin to defend our rights. This means speaking the truth to those in authority, defending the gospel openly, and informing others of the grave threats to our liberty in Christ here in Canada. And on April 8th, the headline reads, Police Block and Barricade a Canadian Church Over COVID-19 Violations. You guys remember this? I started telling you guys about this story. 
This was Grace Life Church in Edmonton. You guys, they put chain link fences up around it. A chain link fence. It's crazy to me. One of the church members tweeted, please pray for wisdom as our elders navigate this development. And a chain link fence company could be seen going around the perimeter of the church and keeping people from being able to gather there. The church leaders consider the COVID-19 risks are overblown, as does Heidi St. John, and claim that their ability to continue gathering without spreading the virus is proof. So these guys have been getting together. They've been gathering. They haven't had a big outbreak of the Rona. And so the church said that we believe our love for our neighbor demands that we exercise our civil liberties. We do not see our actions as perpetuating the longevity of COVID-19 or any other virus that will inevitably come along. If anything, we see our actions as contributing to its end. The end of destructive lockdowns and the end of the attempt to institutionalize the debilitating fear of viral infections. By the way, Pastor Coates due in court this month for violating these rules at Grace Life Church. So that happened. That's been happening over the last couple of months. And then the Canadian preacher who escaped from Poland, by the way, he escaped from communist tyranny, was just arrested in Canada, in Calgary. So he was arrested on May 8th. Do you guys remember this guy? I talked about him on the podcast. His video went viral when he kicked the police out of his church after they tried to shut down a worship service during Holy Week. So both he and his brother have been arrested now. And they were arrested in the middle of the street. Police pulled them over in a very eerie looking display of authority while he was leaving his church service. So, of course, all over the Internet, you know, pictures of this pastor and his brother on their knees in the middle of a street on a rainy day, a very busy street, by the way. They arrested the two men after church. The video that was posted on YouTube shows the Calgary Police Service send at least five police vehicles to arrest the two. The brothers knelt on the road and refused to walk on their own during the arrest. A voice can be heard telling the officers, shame on you guys. This is not communist China. Don't you have family and kids? Whatever happened to Canada, God keep our land glorious and free. In its statement, Calgary police said it, quote, proactively served, quote, an organizer of the church service with a court order to ensure that citizens attending the Saturday service were abiding by current COVID-19 public health orders. You guys, this is not about a virus. It has never been about a a virus. The order imposes new restrictions on organizers of protests and demonstrations. They don't even want you out saying the truth. You can't even protest. It's crazy. So they're going to crack down on protests and demonstrations requiring compliance with public health orders, including masking, physical distancing, and attendance limits. The Pawlowski brothers, quote, have both been arrested and charged with organizing an illegal in-person gathering, including requesting inciting or inviting others to attend an illegal public gathering. You guys pray for our neighbors in Canada. This is wrong. As he videotaped the encounter, one of the police officers accompanying the public health officer told the man, you don't have to get into her personal space as he attempted to zoom his phone in on the paperwork. This is wrong. Remember that a couple of weeks ago over Easter, Pawlowski had referred to the officials as brown shirts and Nazi Gestapo communist fascists, reiterating, I do not cooperate with Nazis. And I hate to break it to you guys, but that's exactly what the Calgary police are acting like right now. So at the time of this recording, it had been seen more than three million times, this encounter that he had with the police officers at his church over Easter. You guys, we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Canada. 
where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we see our freedoms being taken away from us, we have an opportunity to stand right now. We stand in prayer. We stand together in solidarity. I've been encouraging you guys for a long time. You know, when I had Rod Dreher on here, we were talking about his book, Live Not By Lies, and we were talking about the masks and why I won't wear them. Well, there's lots of reasons. But I saw a woman on a plane the other day as I was disembarking, I suppose you would call it. There was a medical situation and the woman in the back who'd had apparently a mask on the entire time was having a hard time getting her oxygen levels up. It's so important, you guys, that we stand for freedom and that we do not participate in a lie. We want to be so, so careful. And as we look around what's happening, there were violent uh, violence in the streets of Portland, Oregon. There have been violent uh, protests around the country. And we know that God, with one word, can set this thing right. But he has us here for such a time as this. I wonder what would happen if God's people began to really pray about what was going on in our country. Really pray about the, uh, the church, the woke church. We've talked about this a lot, right? Woke church is a broke church. I wonder what would happen If we started saying, you know what, the church, judgment begins in the house of God. The church has got to get this thing right. I've been telling you guys, take your kids out of public school. Lean in to what God is doing and say, Lord, not my will, but yours. We've got to keep talking about what's happening in the country. We've got to keep talking about election fraud. We've got to keep talking about what's happening in the House of Representatives right now. We've got to keep talking about critical race theory. It's important. And are we getting kind of tired of it? Yes. That's why we got to keep talking about don't grow weary in well-doing. Someone said to me the other day that there was, he didn't have time for election fraud because what, what's going on in our country is, is much more important, he thought, than that. Mass shootings, right? We're back to the beginning of riot season. It used to be beginning of summer, and now we're like, oh, great, back to riot season. The media doesn't really seem to be paying much attention to the mounting mountain of evidence regarding the Democrats' historic gutting of the Constitution and the stealing of the election. By the way, Rudy Giuliani, without the powers of subpoena or arrest, gathered more evidence of voter fraud in nine weeks than Robert Mueller found in two years of his ridiculous Trump-Russia collusion investigation. And that dude had an unlimited budget. And I continue to believe, and I'm going to say it as long as I have breath, These massive irregularities, these crazy things that we saw happen in our elections, they must be adjudicated. So in case you're wondering, I'm going to link back to it in the show notes today, what's going on with regard to uncovering voter fraud. And you might not have heard about this for a while, but in Michigan, a Michigan attorney recently released the findings of his election forensic report. He found that 66,194 unregistered ballots in only nine counties. Now, it's understandable if you haven't heard this yet. According to PJ Media, the mainstream media refuses to pick it up. I just Googled Matthew Deperano, 66, 1,194,000 1, unregistered votes in Michigan. And the first story to pop up was an article in the Washington Post telling us the only dopes believe in election fraud. They are censoring and squashing this information. OAN ran a story about how easy it was to flip the number of ballots each candidate received in Nevada. Testifying before the Homeland Security Commission, attorney Jesse Benal reported over 90,000 questionable votes in Nevada. Republican state representatives posted an alarming discovery in Pennsylvania, 170,830 more votes than voters. 
elected Pennsylvania Democrats twisted, shimmied, and mashed potatoed to keep the truth a secret. In Minnesota, if you if you Google Project Veritas Ilan Omar ballot harvesting, you're going to scroll past nine stories that mock Pro- Project Veritas before you find an actual article covering the story. Nor will you see the Project Veritas website. And by the way, you guys, Project Veritas has never lost a lawsuit and has had a whopping 336 retracted stories from lying, liarhead journalists who print lies. It's amazing. So don't forget the Washington Post claimed that Pennsylvania postal worker Richard Hopkins recanted his claims of voter fraud. So he made a video about himself denying that he ever recanted it. So the powers that be know that we know that something's up and we got to fix this by 2022 or we're going to be in trouble. And I continue to say a lot of you listen to this and you feel you feel discouraged and you feel overwhelmed. You guys, you have the power of the living God at your disposal, the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And God cares about nations and he cares about this country. And I'm going to encourage you to pray for the country. Pray that the truth would come out and that the truth would be seen by everybody. The truth needs to be uh, drawn out. And we have the opportunity right now to be a part of a revival in this country first to the Lord. And and I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it. The reason why the church must not remain silent about what's happening in our country right now is at the root of these issues, many of them are moral in nature. There are not any amoral issues that are being talked about in the country right now. You guys, I read to you Timothy Keller's egregious tweet from last year where he was saying that Christians had liberty of conscience and really the, the parties were exactly the same. They're not exactly the same. And it matters. I hope you guys have, uh, if you haven't found my podcast yet, I've got a brand new podcast called America's Town Hall with Heidi St. John. And right now I'm just doing that one day a week because it's all I've got time for. But as my speaking season winds to a close and I've got a little bit more time, what we really want to do is collect your questions. And so I'm going to link back to that in the show notes today. If you've got topics that you would like to see me address at America's Town Hall, or you've got a person that you'd like to hear, a guest that you'd like to have come on the show, we would love to hear from you. And we're going to be putting together a really awesome lineup of topics and questions and guests so that we can have a town hall together. We need to be talking about these things. And frankly, I'd like to start talking to other people like myself, ordinary citizens who are saying, you know what, it's time. We're going to get off the bench and onto the battlefield because fighting for this nation is a worthy, worthy goal. I don't know about you, but I don't want to look into the eyes of my grandchildren in a few years from now and have them wonder why I didn't do anything to stem the tide. And we can do it. We can absolutely do it. So you guys get off the bench and onto the battlefield. I am excited because tomorrow my friend Ken Ham is coming on the show with me. Ken and I have done a few podcasts before and I've been several times out to the Ark Encounter. If you've never been to the Ark Encounter, you are missing out. So don't spend your money at the woke Disney World. Go to the Ark Encounter and actually spend your money on something that you are going to be very, very glad that you spent money on and glad to support. So again, my friend Ken Ham coming on the show with me tomorrow. It's going to be a wonderful conversation. I hope you guys will listen in. In the meantime, love your families well, you guys. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast financially and for leaving reviews for the podcast and for my books, wherever reviews are at. We read every single one of them and we really appreciate it. Have a wonderful day, guys, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.